so excited for this word this morning, and God put this word on my heart a couple of weeks back, and I was sitting in, sitting in service, and God just kept putting this on my heart, and so I spent the past few weeks getting, getting this prepared, and book of Luke, chapter 17, Luke chapter 17 and verse 11, the Bible says this, and it says, on, on the way to Jerusalem, he, Jesus, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, your word is going to bring encouragement this morning. Your word is going to bring strengthening. Your word is going to bring guidance. It's going to bring wisdom. Lord, I pray right now, Father, that hearts would be open to receive your word. And that not only would that we receive it, but that it would be put to practice in our lives. That we would apply it, then we will see the true blessings. Father, we thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. The church says... Amen and amen. I titled this message this morning, Your Faith Has Made You Well. Your faith has made you well. How many believe that this morning? Some translations in the Bible use the word whole. Your faith has made you whole. The original Greek word for this is a word called sozo which means to save, to rescue from danger, to save from perishing, to restore to health. This is the meaning of this word that is used in the Bible of being well. When Jesus says, your faith has made you well. What Jesus was saying was that your faith has saved you. It has saved you. Now, before we go any further in this, I want to get into what this means. We're going to get into it very shortly here. You see, the same meaning of this word is found in John chapter 3 and verse 17. It says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And it's the same meaning that we find this word sozo. Jesus was saying, your faith in me has saved you. And I want to look at here, number one, is why is faith 
important? Why is it so crucial for our lives? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. The Bible says this, and it says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. He says it is impossible to please God without faith. You see, faith isn't something you have, it's something you do. Why? Because faith is an action. James says these words, and he says, faith without works is dead. Without action, faith is dead. It's of no use. How many know if something is dead, it can't be used anymore? There's no life in it. Unless that dead thing is in the hands of Christ. All things are possible, amen, with Jesus. See, many people may have a false perspective of faith. They may say, well, faith is a blind leap. No, that's actually false. Faith is actually seeing something before Seen it spiritually before seeing it in the natural. What do I mean by that? I remember when I, when I became a pastor and I finally submitted unto the calling of God upon my life. And I remember what kept me from answering that calling was fear of the unknown. Many of you may have that taking place in your life right now. Fear of the unknown in many aspects, in many areas. This can, this can affect you and I. And it kept me from answering the call of God upon my life. But before I took that step, God had shown me confirmation, confirmation situations in my life where he was, where he was showing me that he was working everything out for my good, that I didn't have to fear, but I simply had to trust in him. And he was showing me these things before I even took that step of faith for, the, for, the, for that time and said, you know what, I'm going to do this. See, because I was battling the entire time and I was saying no. And God, through the confirmation situations in my life, began to bring peace. It began to, it began to bring me to a place of peace in my life. And I began to see where, what God was going to do with my life. Where he was taking me. I would see church people giving their lives to Christ. God was showing me things before I even took that step. You see, faith is seen spiritually before you see in the natural. So it's, it's not actually a blind leap. Because a blind leap would be not fully trusting. You're not sure. Well, what if he doesn't catch me? 
What if I take that step and I fail? See, faith says, you know what? I'm going to take that step in faith because I know who God is. I know who he is. I know that he will never fail me. And so you can take that step of faith. See, it's seen before you see in the natural. Faith is also the best teacher in our lives. See, the world may say that experience is the best teacher. Well, how do you know until you've experienced it? You need to do this and this and this to see if you even like it. You need to test drive this before you buy it. The world says experience is the best teacher. But how many know that experience can be very unkind? Can it? Oh, man, it, it most definitely can be unkind. Because when you learn by experience, there's going to be a lot of failures in your life. And believe me, you're not going to like how you feel. Experiences could be harsh. See, but God never wanted us to learn by experience. Did you know that? Look at Adam and Eve. God didn't want Adam and Eve to learn by experience. He wanted them to learn by faith. Why do you think he says, do not eat from this tree? Do you think God wanted them to eat from that tree? Nope. He wanted them to learn by faith. He wanted them to learn by just trusting him. He didn't want them to, to eat of that, of, that, uh, of that fruit and begin to, and, and now live in a life of sin. He didn't want that for them. You see, experience is not the best way of learning in life, church. It's not the best teacher. Faith is the best teacher for you and I. It's the best. There's nothing like it. Because when you learn by faith, amen, you're not going to be hurt. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Faith is a kind teacher. So what does the power come from? What we need to understand here is that faith is only an instrument. It is not the power itself. Faith is not the power itself. It is merely an instrument. It's kind of like our lives. If you were to pray for someone for healing and they and they receive the healing, they're healed. You can tell they're healed. The power isn't in you. The power is in God. It isn't because of the quality of the faith. It's the power of God. Amen? Do you believe that? Or do any of you believe that it was actually you? Oh, man, you, can, you mean I can't, I can't take credit for that one? No, you can't. Don't rob God. Amen? Don't rob him of, of what is his. It, it was not us in the first place. We're just mere instruments. We're actually privileged and blessed to be used as an instrument. 
where we can't take credit for any of it. And that's what faith is. Faith is a means for us to see the power of God at work in our lives. God is so gracious to us. See, and this is what we need to understand, that when we say there is power in faith, yeah, there is power in faith, but it comes from God. That's what you and I need to understand. I want to look at a few questions here. Number one, when it comes to our faith and how Jesus said these words, your faith has made you well. Three questions here that I want you to ask yourself and that we need to evaluate in our own lives. Number one is, do you believe? Do you believe? Another way of putting it is, are you convinced? Are you convinced that what God says is truth? Do you believe his word? Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, and it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What does substance mean in this verse? Well, other translations use the word assurance. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. And we know that that brings a different understanding, doesn't it? When you use a word like assurance, what does that mean? That means that there is confidence in that. You know it's going to happen. When you say that I have an assurance in something, you are putting your stamp and saying, yes, this is truth. This is valid. You know, it's kind of like if you were, if you were creating something or, 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 or developing something, if we have any uh, uh, engineers in here or, or, or you know, developers, and you, and, and you bring something to the table of something that, that, that you've made, and you say, this is going to work. I have full assurance that this product is going to work. You better be sure, without any doubt, that it's going to do exactly what you said it's going to do. Why? Because if it doesn't, you're going to be looked at as a fool. Let me tell you right now, when you have assurance in God, amen, oh, you can, you can stand on that. That's a, that's a solid foundation. There is nothing like it. You will never be made to look like a fool. Matthew 9, 18 Matthew 9, 18, the Bible says this, and it says, While he, Jesus, was saying these things to them, behold, a ruler came in and knelt before him, saying, My daughter has just died, 
but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. And Jesus rose and followed him with his disciples. And, be, and behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said to herself, if I only touch the garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned and seeing her, he said this, take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. See, this is, this is more than just something here, church. This is more than, 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 you know, something that, you know, you may not be, uh, may not really sway you or, 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 or convince you. No, this is something that, that this, this woman was convinced. She was convinced that this man is who he says he is. Because I, I, I thought in my head that if I could only touch his garment, that I would be healed. And you know what? I touched his garment and I was healed. I was healed. I didn't tell anyone that I was going to do this. Nobody was recording me because it was planned. I knew, I knew in my mind and I knew in my heart that if I could only only touch just the linens on his body that I would be healed. Why? Because of the power. It's because of the power, church. Faith, yes, most definitely. But it's the power of God that flowed through Jesus to her. See, many people believe in God, but do you believe God? It's not just our faith in who he is that saves us. Why? Because even, even Satan and the demons believe in God, but that doesn't save them. They even believe in what he does. Just like those nine lepers. They believed in what he did. They believed, they, they saw the miracle take place. They saw the cleansing upon their body. But even that still did not save them. See, they have to do more than just believe in God. They have to do more than just believe in what he has done. But they have to actually believe him. You and I have to believe God. Do you believe him? Do you believe him to be truthful? Do you believe him to be who he says he is? See, we have to believe what he says 
and act upon it in faith, in both word and action. You see, true faith will drive you to action. Remember the story in the Bible of the Roman officer that came to Jesus and says, Jesus, I have a sick servant at home who needs healing. And all I'm asking you to do is to speak the word right now from where you're at. And I know that my servant will be healed. And he said, he said, believe me, I understand the meaning of authority. Mm, you need to grasp this this morning. You need to grasp this. He says, I understand the meaning of authority. Because if I tell my servants to go, they will go. If I tell them to come, they will come. If I tell them to do something, they will do it. He says, and so yes, I understand authority. And I understand your authority. Wow. Because he said these words, he says, if you just speak it, it's going to happen. Man, how many of us, how many of us see God like that? Do you and I have the same understanding of authority? See, I didn't take well to authority growing up. And what, what did it do? It got me in trouble. What do they know? They can't tell me what to do. Oh, man, that leads you into a world of trouble if you have an attitude like that. There's no room, there's no room in the body of Christ for anyone else to think that they are in authority over God. You know what happened to Satan. And Jesus looks at the man and says, I have never seen such faith in all of Israel. In all of Israel, I have yet to see such faith. What was Jesus talking about? What was he describing about this man that was so different from everyone else? Well, it was faith with action. See, that's that real faith. The action faith. Where the man understood that faith, faith is, not just, is not just believing in something. It's not just believing in what something has done. But it's believing in. It's believing that person and the power that is within them he says I believe you I believe you that you do have full authority and that with faith I know comes action remember he said if I tell them to go they will go what does that mean? That means that faith requires action. Those individuals had to trust this Roman officer that he had their best interest in mind when he said to do something. And church, it is no different than you and I. When God calls us, you need to trust him. You need to trust him. 
Stop asking questions like I did. Stop doing it. You're wasting your time. Precious time. See, we need to believe. Do you believe? Do you believe God? Number two is do you recognize? Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you better recognize. <laughs> you guys sound so gangster. <laughs> what do I mean by this? Well, let's look at the healing of the ten lepers. The Bible says that only one leper came back to give thanks. One leper out of the ten came back to give thanks. Look at Luke 17, 15. It says, then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And the Bible says, now he was a Samaritan. What does that mean? Well, back in the day, Samaritans were kind of looked at as low class. They were a mixed blood. Foreigners, they mixed with, 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 other, with other tribes, nations, and, and they were of mixed blood. They weren't pure as everyone else. And so they, they were looked down on. And here we have this Samaritan who was the only individual who came back to give God thanks. The only person to say, you know what? I'm so in awe of what just took place. And I have to share my gratitude. I have to. I've been, I've been an outcast for all these years. No one wanted to be around me. When I walked into a room, everyone left. They, have, they, had, me live, they had me living segregated from everyone else. I was an outcast in more ways than one. And here, Jesus brought healing to my life. I have to let him know that I am thankful. Now, I could only imagine if I took my four kids and maybe one of their friends would get some ice cream. We're enjoying our ice cream, and at the end, you know, we're all finished, and only the friend says thank you. I think one of my kids is here in the front. This never happened, by the way. This is just an analogy. Don't be giving her dirty looks. <laughs> but I can only imagine how that would make me feel as a parent. I know that toward the friend, I would want to bless that friend even more. And I would want my kids to watch. <laughs> Why? Because a grateful heart receives more blessings. <laughs> you got to understand this. This is not some deep philosophy. <laughs> it's very basic. If you have a grateful heart, you're going to be blessed. If my kids, if my kids say thank you, guess what? I'm going to do it again. But there may, there may be a chance that if they don't say thank you, then I'm not going to do it again for them. Why? Because I don't love them? No. 
because they need to learn a lesson. And it's an important lesson of having a grateful heart. You don't want to live in a world of entitled people. It's not good. Being grateful. Do you recognize God for what he has done in your life? Or do you focus on what you're still praying about and the miracle that you're waiting for and say, no, God hasn't met it yet. I haven't seen him come through yet. But we, tend, but we forget the, the you know, hundreds of under time, uh, uh, times that God has come through in your life. And you, and you begin, to, and you begin to, to discount all those things and say, and throw it out the window like it never happened because you're only focused on what's happening right now. Oh, God, help us. God, help us to not be so self-centered, to not be so ungrateful. God is doing something great in your life. He always has, and he's never stopped. And he's not going to stop today. Number one, do you believe? Number two, do you recognize? Number three, do you continue? See, God will never be finished taking you deeper in faith. What do I mean? There's always a next step in your faith. There's always a next step. If you don't take that next step, you're going to find yourself in a rut. Someone said, the only difference between the grave and a rut is the length of it. <laughs> See, if you don't move forward in faith, you will die. Your heart will, go, will grow cold, and you will feel more distant from God than ever before. So we need to glorify God with our lives and our service. We talked about a grateful heart earlier. But do you know what a grateful heart does? It causes us to tell others. Think about it. When you're grateful for something, you're going to share with others what took place. If God healed you, you're going to share it. You're going to share it. If God met your need and you, you saw him meet that need in your life that you were seeking him for, you're going to share what God has done. You're going to tell someone about the goodness of God. You're going to tell someone about his power. You're going to tell someone that he's real. You're going to tell someone that prayer works. You're going to tell someone that they need to keep moving forward. Don't give up. You're going to tell someone. Why? Because that's what a grateful heart does. It tells others about the goodness of God. When people were healed in the Bible, how many, how, many of them, how many of them had the same response? They told others. They shared of what, of what Jesus did for them. See, in those times in our lives when we are seeking the Lord for a miracle, you're meditating on his goodness you're worshiping him. 
Little do you know that during that time, he has become your best friend. Man, that's powerful. That's powerful, church. That in your time of need, that you are seeking a miracle from God for, and you've been seeking him, and you've been meditating on his goodness, and you've been praying like never before, and you've been reading his word, and you've been telling others about Christ, that in that time, you have become his best friend. You have become, you have come to a place where God wanted you all along. And you may think, well, I'm still going through it. But you're not alone. You're not alone. This is what God wants you and I to understand, is that whatever comes our way, we're not alone. Whatever God allows us to go through, what he wants from us is for us to draw closer to him, not to draw distant. He doesn't want us to pull away. That's the worst thing you can do. That's what the enemy would want us to believe is what we need to do, pull away. See, God didn't come through. You know, you've been praying for this for five, 10 years. Just walk away. Just walk away. This isn't doing anything. Go somewhere else, maybe, where they're seeing, you know, 50 people healed every single day. Go somewhere else. The enemy tries to pull us away. When all God wanted from you in the first place was a relationship. That's all he wants. He says, just draw close to me. Just draw close to me. That's all I want from you. And this is where you will find true fulfillment in your life. We begin to develop a deeper relationship with the Lord than ever before. I think of my own marriage with my wife. In order for us to have a strong marriage, we need to have time away together. We got four kids, and our kids understand that if they want to keep living, <laughs> not living, <laughs> let me finish the sentence. <laughs> If they want to keep living in a peaceful home, <laughs> that their mom and dad needs to have time together away. We need this. Why? Because it builds a deeper relationship between the husband and wife. And that's what's needed. If you're going to be of any use to your children, then you need to work on your marriage first. If you're going to be of any use in the church to other couples, to believers, unbelievers, you need to work on your marriage first. You need to work on your marriage. Don't forsake it. Don't leave it for last. Well, if it, if it survives, it survives. <laughs> I got I to gotta answer my call to God. <laughs> Are you a fool? Answer the call to strengthen that marriage first. 
Work on that first, and then you can begin to do God's work. crucial for you and I to have our alone time with our Heavenly Father. God's seeking you. And if you seek the Lord, look at what Isaiah says God will do for you in Isaiah 26.3. He says, you will keep in perfect and constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast, that is committed and focused on you, in both inclination and character, because he trusts and takes refuge in you, with hope and confident expectation. Mm. You see, faith as the substance of things hoped for, it will motivate you and I to preach boldly, to pray unceasingly, to serve unconditionally, to love to love unconditionally, and to serve compassionately. This is what God would do in our lives. As the worship team comes forward this morning, out of the book of Mark, chapter 10, Mark 10, verse 46, the Bible says this, it says, And they came to Jericho, and as he, Jesus, was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart. Get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. For the third time we see this morning, Jesus telling an individual, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has saved you. But it's not the power of faith that you need to understand that, 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 is, that is bringing the salvation, that is bringing the, that is bringing the uh, 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 or, or keeping you from perishing. It's the power of God. It's the power of God at work. And you need to understand this. You see, maybe you're at a place in your life right now where you feel, you feel like, you know what, like, like just giving up. You, maybe you feel like moving on. I don't know. Can I encourage you to stay in the battle? Stay in the battle. Stay in the battle. Don't give up. God is with you. God has never left you. He wants you to continue. As this blind man left, he had to keep walking in faith that he was healed. 
He wasn't just healed for that day. He was healed forever. It wasn't just sight for a, for a little while. Jesus opened his eyes to see. Church, God is telling you, your faith has made you well. What does that mean? That means move forward. You move forward in him. You seek him. You keep seeking God because that's what he wanted from you in the first place. You know, God allowing things to take place in our lives, it's always for our good. Why? Because in those times we seek him more, don't we? We do. That's human nature. In our, in our times of good, in our times of, in our times of, of, of provision, in our times where, where we have everything that we feel that we need, we tend to not seek God that much. This is human nature. But in our times of need, we begin to reach out. God, help me. And what do you do? You draw closer to him. What do you do? You draw closer to him. And God says, yes. Yes. This is what I wanted in the first place. Don't feel like your life is in danger because you're in the hands of the Almighty. Oh, man. This is great news, church. This is the best news. You don't need to fear a thing. You don't need to fear a thing. But you need to trust him. Trust God. Believe him. Believe his word. What he says is truth. Amen. As every head is bowed, every eye closed this morning.